Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name is Sammy James and today we are discussing Fulham's triumphant win over Millwall on Wednesday night. A 4-0 thrashing, 85% possession, nearly 1,000 passes. Fair to say it was an okay evening to be a white supporter and I'm joined in the esteemed company tonight. Uh, will the real Irishman please stand up, Dara Curran? Hello. And fresh from parking his horse on the old Stevenage Road, it's Jack Kelly. How you doing, Jack? Good afternoon. <laughs> so, what a win for the Whites today. Uh, we're going to be discussing Wednesday night's brilliant, brilliant win at the Cottage. Uh, we'll also um, have a little bit of a look ahead to Nottingham Forest and maybe a small ode to Rui Fon, who has gone back to Braga, and that was announced all last night. Um, Jack, uh, convincing 4-0 win. You're in charge of the three-word reviews today. What's come in? Yeah, we've got um, FFC Voice, we've taken the piss. We've got <laughs> Sophie Johnson, we've, we have arrived. And finally, uh, Richard Bamber, or Soul Bamber, with a team possessed. Yeah, like it was. Uh, is he put Cest as in as well? Is he. Is he... Yeah, possessed. Yeah, yeah very brilliant. nice. You, you've got to expect high levels from Soul Bamber, one of our regular three word reviewers. Uh, do get involved with that after every game Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for the three word reviews. Uh, we're today in the East Putney Tavern uh, doing a bit of a midweek pod special. Uh, we're all uh, heavy on the booze today with a couple of lime and sodas and a Coke. Um, Dara, 4-0 win last night, 85% possession. Um, if Fulham were a little bit slow to get the season underway at the beginning of the year, we're definitely at full steam now. It's well and truly up and running now. Uh, the numbers are absolutely ridiculous from last night. Um, a record as Opta put out last night Yeah, for possession and number of passes in the Championship. I think it's a record for possession in the Premier League also. I believe Man City had slightly less in their 5-0 win over Swansea a couple of years back. So just to compare it with Man City, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, Jack, I, I was watching it on the stream last night and, and we were just insane from start to finish. We just looked so comfortable. There never looked like a moment when Millwall barely even got a foothold in the match. Yeah, I think it was stuff from the footballing heavens. I thought we were absolutely superb from, from start to finish. Um, the only thing I would say is maybe the first 10 minutes before the first goal, we were slightly slow. It, um, but, but then once we started creating those chances, Mitrovic had the header tipped over. And, and then from there, we scored the first goal with Caviero probably... Uh, it's a very different goal from the one he scored on Friday night because the one on Friday night's a curler. This one's more of a you know powerful shot, mm. which which arguably the keeper should be doing better with. But it was a very good shot in the end. Uh, and look, we from from the first goal we got into our stride. We dominated from start to finish, as the stats say. It was one of yeah, as I said in the match review, one of the best performances I've seen from Fulham ever. Well, I remember the Slavisa Jukanovic year where we went up and Fulham became increasingly dominant as the year went on. And I remember there was a Tuesday night performance against Sheffield United where we won 3-0 and we were brilliant that night. And I remember we there was a great passage of play where we kept the ball for literally nearly 10 minutes. And I remember thinking, I don't think I'll ever see a Fulham performance better, more dominant than that. I thought it was absolutely sensational unless you go start going back to kind of Tagana Keegan days. Last night, in Scott Parker's fourth proper match in charge, he's already 
eclipsed some of the greatest performances that we saw under Jokanovic. I mean, one thing I wanted to ask Dara is, it did come down a little bit though to Millwall not being very lion-like at all. It was it was all very very tame. Yeah, I'd ex- I was expecting more from them to be honest, and they've had a good start to the season. Yeah, they were ahead of us before the night on on the table. So, yeah, it was a funny one. It just just fell apart, really. Yeah, uh, it was it was a mad one. Um, it started off with Cavalero. He got his first goal against Huddersfield. It was a lovely curler to the back post, and he pretty much pulled off the same trick again. Slightly closer into the box, slightly more power, but. If he gets on his right foot in shooting distance, he's going to have a go, and why not? It almost looked like he did too much uh, cutting in. He could have taken the shot one step before, but he came in again, and then he just unleashed an absolute rocket, and, and the whole Hammersmith event just erupted in joy. Um, such a good start to the game, 50 minutes in, and, and what I was worried about going into this game was because Millwall were unbeaten before this game, and they could have so easily came here and caused so many issues. I thought if they, I thought if they should have start, they should have probably started Matt Smith because he would have caused some issues up top against his former team. And what happened was all that threat that Millwall do possess in in the physicality that they have was completely stifled in the first 15 minutes, and they couldn't get a foot on the ball. And and from there, we absolutely trouted them, and and then. No, honestly, and, and it was it was just incredible. And I, I've said this before, but but once we scored the first goal, it was all us. And I was just expecting more from Millwall. And I'm so grateful. I'm so glad that they didn't turn up last night. Albeit they had a very very good start to the season. Yeah, they did, and it was it was difficult opponents. And and I think Nottingham Forest will provide uh, a similar test on Saturday. Um, good Dara to see Anthony Knockart, the passion merchant himself, get get one off the mark I mean I wasn't expecting his first goal for Fulham to be a header header. yeah exactly neither was I but he took it well uh, angled it into the corner so yeah he's off the mark up and running and Cavalero with the the assist again from him I think that last night was the first big performance we saw from Cavalero even though Mm. he got that goal against Huddersfield he wasn't particularly dominant against Huddersfield last night he was the furthest man forward last night. So. We, he, he showed us why we were all so excited about when we got him in the summer. Yeah, he's really showing glimpses of it now. Two goals and an assist. It looks like he's forming a nice little partnership with Kearney as well. He's, he's three assists in the last two games, all from Kearney. So yeah. there could be something there. Yeah, 100%. And, and Kearney was given that license to, to push forward again. And I think that first half against Huddersfield, it really frustrated me how deep Kearney was all the time and how sometimes negative some of his passing was. Whereas in last night's game, he was constantly looking for the ball deep into Millwall's half and, and, and looking to spread the play. Whenever Kearney gets that license and gets that freedom, Fulham generally are on top. Yeah, I, I don't think it's just Kearney. I thought the whole team compared to Huddersfield Town away where I said the first half was a non-event because we didn't really have much in the game and this time around we obviously have probably had words in the week about how we have to start the game fast and early and get goals and that's exactly what we did because the first half performances of all uh, three other games this season have been fairly poor Barnsley we conceded and we were rubbish uh, Blackburn we took a, a screaming from Kenny to really get us going and, and Huddersfield like I said on Friday w- was very slow so it's so important to get that early start and I think Parker would have said that in the week but yeah Kenny was absolutely fantastic uh, and the, sorry the assist for the fourth goal as well we'll come on to it, it was amazing yeah well I'll be interested to see how Fulham adapt if we do go a goal down because we saw at Barnsley that we really struggled and and probably what Millwall's 
tactic was last night was try and get an early goal and hold on because they'd have seen what Barnsley did and when teams have that lead to defend that will be when it's a real test of Fulham's metal and that will happen numerous times this season we'll go behind and we'll have to find a way to come through against Huddersfield against Blackbird against Millwall now we've managed to get that first goal and Fulham look comfortable in that position really could Um, be this weekend could be that test because Forrest did it against Leeds they hung in just 1-0 down and got a result they did it last night as well 1-0 down and got a result um well, the first half ended and we were on 89% possession. I mean, 85% is a record. 89. I honestly thought there was something wrong with the stats. Yeah. So you, you, that, that's just obscene. If, if Barcelona did that to uh, La Liga B team, yeah. you would be thinking... Even that do- that doesn't seem right. Eighty-nine is is just madness. There, there is something to be said that there are two very different styles of play. You've got to look at our passing out from the back, you know, high risk, high reward kind of style of play that we implement on on the game, and then you look at Millwall's hoofball. I wouldn't say hoofball, but you know, they try and get the balls up to the big men to header it down and try and you know get scraps off 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 the strikers. Yeah, but but, but apart from that, I mean, honestly, like I said earlier, they couldn't get a sniff and and. It, it, it wasn't even like we were trying. It was just Mawson and Ream just passing it to themselves yeah, we, around we the We pulled them all over the place. Exactly, stuff. yeah. And, and like Ben said in, in uh, the full time, we were just making them shuffle from, from one end to the other. And, and that's always going to be difficult for, out of possession for Mills. They probably were tiring by the 35th minute. And honestly, we just showed our class. And it's a huge statement from, from Scott Parker. Yeah, and the thing about possession is, I think last night was such an anomaly or such an outlier that it's easy to get excited about it. Possession doesn't necessarily mean you win football matches. And if you uh, read one of Jonathan Wilson's books and and that he goes into this in depth about how possession, it's only one way of playing the game is dominating possession and winning. And it is obviously the way that lots of people enjoy watching football. But of course, there have been numerous teams over the years who have regularly played with under 50% possession who have been some of the greatest teams that, that we've ever seen. And it doesn't necessarily mean possession equals being a good team. It's what you do with the ball. But last night, it wasn't just possession tapping it around the back for 90 minutes. It was possession largely in Millwall's half and just toying with them and they couldn't get close do you know know what I was saying earlier is that we actually normally when you see stats like 89% possession 85% possession throughout the whole 90 minutes you'll see Fulham or the the team who had that possession to have at least 15 shots we only had about I think 9 shots in the game yesterday or 9 on target and it, it says that when we had the chances we took them there was only two other chances I can really remember where the Mitrovic header over the bar in the first half and, and then a shot a tame shot straight at the keeper after the, four, the fourth goal we took all our chances last night and that's yeah. so important uh, in this league because it could have easily gone the other way where we didn't take the chances Mill frustrated us they might have got a goal early in the, in the second half and it could have been a very different story Now Dara um, if VAR was in the championship do you think that Mitrovic would have been able to get that penalty I tried and watched it several times I think he is just a foot offside I was quite surprised that it wasn't given it looked way more offside at first but I think I can see why the linesman didn't give it yeah it's an interesting one Um, and that's again a reason why we can't always expect to come in and win because decisions will go against you in the championship and there was a couple of games last night where they should have probably been sendings off and other results so we we're going to have to just 
hope that our performances are going to do it and the referees aren't going to screw us. Yeah, completely. But well, well taken penalty from Mitrovic. Not an awful lot more to discuss with that goal. I, th- I think the Millwall keeper Bielkowski was a was a little bit clum was a little bit naive to, yeah. to challenge Mitrovic, but he kind of had much, he didn't have very long to react he kind of had to make a snap exactly because the ball fell to Mitrovic out of nowhere and I generally just thought it was offside I looked at the lines and I thought oh hold on the flag's down and you know he went round and probably Bill Kelsey's gone just to try and swipe him out and thought it was already offside anyway so it wouldn't have mattered but ended up, I think he might have been onside because I did look at the replay again and, and the defender the, the deepest defender is pretty deep and I think in line with Mitrovic I'd have to look at it again but um, yeah, give the attacker the benefit of the doubt, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Give the benefit of the doubt to the attacker, and Mitchell did quite well to you know take it round, and then you know got called, pulled down. It was a good penalty as well to get another goal. Uh, and then let's discuss the the fourth, which for me was the pick of the bunch. Mm. I know that Cavalero's was potentially a more impressive strike, but the and and maybe you know, the build up for Knockout's goal was a lovely team move, twenty six passes. But for me, there was something about the fourth. Tom Kearney straight out of the Danny Murphy playbook with that ball over the top. It was quarterback top. style. He just took it down perfectly as well. It was amazing. It, it reminded me of Simon Davies's goal against Hamburg. Yeah. It was yeah. very, very similar. Kind of plucked out of the sky by Cavalera. Not a perfect first touch, mm. but took it round the goalkeeper. And I thought, oh, you've 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 taken it yeah, too far angle was tight. here. Mm. There's no like the ball was travelling quite fast. He had to really get his leg round it. But of course, we're never in doubt. Cavalero, yeah. he just it, he's the man. He's the man, and I'm I'm so excited that that he's a Fulham player. And, and what a beautiful way to kind of finish off the match. Yeah, it, it was probably the pick of the bunch based on the based on like the look of the goal in terms of the move for the second was very very good and but a lot of the, the play was being played around the back um, but the ball over the top from Kenny is exemplary and yeah like I said Caviero might have taken it a little bit wide but but it's funny because on Friday night at half time people would say Caviero was well, one of our worst players on the pitch against Huddersfield and now he's scored the winner against Huddersfield two goals and another assist um, last night and he is the man in form for Fulham um which is fantastic. Are you suggesting Fulham fans are fickle? Well, I'm just saying that a lot can change in 45 <laughs> minutes in football. And, and, you know, people who were, were raging on about Caviar, I was talking to George Rossiter at halftime at Huddersfield and he said, oh, maybe take him off. And then he comes and scores the winner and gives us one of the best moments we've had so far this season. Some excellent limbs at the back of the John Smith. So, you know, look, he's, he's done very, very well and it's been a very good start. Eight goals, two conceded for Fulham so far. I mean, Dara, we're now up to third in the table for all that it really matters at this stage. Um, you've got Leeds and... Sheffield Wednesday, is it? Is it Sheffield? Uh, Swansea, Swansea, Swansea above, yeah, above right. us yeah. in the league. Um, and whilst it's not massively important where Fulham are on the table at this point, you still look at some of our... Past campaigns, we haven't got off to a good start at but all. But also clubs that you would look at as promotion rivals, and, and, we're, and, we're, and we're already building a gap. Stoke, I thought were going to be a huge, huge challenge this in season, the and we're we're, at, we're eight points above them. That's a significant lead. Four games into the season, I'm not reading too much into it. It's a blooming long way away, yeah. Now. But it's nice. It's, to a, it's 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 as good a start really as we could have hoped for. It's nice to just hopefully we can build on this, get a few more results. And a few teams will emerge at the top and hopefully we're going to be one of them. Yeah, 100%. One thing I did want to come on to, Steven Sessegnon, his oh, yeah. second match 
in a white shirt and he just looks so comfortable he nearly got himself on the score sheet with that cross, cross that took, a shot, little, yeah. took a bit of a deflection and and, and hit the bar um, but but let's just have a bit of praise for, for, for him because two games into his Fulham career and he looks to have made the right backs loss his own it's, it's incredible I was slightly worried about if Stephen was to start last night because I thought he could get bullied by the Millwall physicality that they have but but he made the game his own and he slotted into DM every time we're in the possession as well so and he's just so comfortable he he reminds me of Ryan obviously twin brothers obviously but he, that calm composure you need at, at, it's funny because Ryan at the end of the pitch we're finishing the chances and that calm composure you need at the back of the pitch in defence where, where Stephen is and you know we saw glimpses of him Mill in the cup last season we thought oh yeah he could, he could be a player he plays a centre back as well so but after two games and after all the, the, the worry about the right back situation with Christie we've got Adore we've got Fossey but Cessnion for me is number one and he should be going forward he could, he could have an excellent campaign and hopefully we can keep on to him as well I mean Dara do, you, do we keep playing Stephen Sess I'd just be worried about so early into his Fulham career about burning him out but a bit like Ryan maybe he's that kind of Duracell bunny star that, and he's not gonna burn out but I, I, Scott Parker does have to take it into equation yeah I'm sure he'll give him the address here and there but hopefully he he does become that player that can just play every game because when you look at the other options slim pickings really Wow, I mean, there, we, there is. I mean, you could play. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm in the camp that I'm not opposed to Christie or Adoy doing just, a bit of a squad yeah, rotation. Adoy could do a job. Right? I, I, I just don't think they offer the same things. I was looking at Cessnion last night. And he was so direct. He was taking on players. You just don't get that with Adoy. Christie's almost afraid to take on players at times. Yeah, certainly. Well, good, good performance um, from Young Cess. One of my favourite stats that came out from last night. Uh, four wins for Fulham in 17 London derbies all four of those wins against Millwall yeah. um, it's a great record that we have it would be nice um, add another notch well if we can maybe start winning some other London derbies yeah we've got the B's and QPR to come this season so. uh, and Charlton as well so yeah, yeah it'd, be, it'd be nice to actually improve our record in London derbies but certainly for, for wins against Millwall mm. we uh, have been spoilt uh, in the last couple of years Um I was looking on Twitter to see if there'd been any reports of trouble in the Putney end last night yeah. with the mix of Fulham and Millwall fans. By and large, I saw one or two isolated incidents, but by and large, it seemed to go down okay. It was something that we discussed um, the last time that I was on the podcast, and particularly myself and Jack um, Collins were, were particularly concerned that it, there, there might be a real issue at heart here. I, It'd be interesting to hear from anyone that was in the Putney end exactly um, how it's going. Hello at fullamish.co.uk if you want to get in touch. But seems like everything didn't boil over last night, which is fortunate because it had the potential to. Yeah, considering the result as well, considering we were 2-0 up at half-time, it could have got a bit heated. With That almost subdues it in a way, though, yeah. because if you're a Millwall fan, you're just like well this game's this yeah. game's over I, I think I, I watched a, a review from um, the Lion, Lions Den TV and he just literally just went I put my hands up and say that Fulham were the better side and it was quite obvious obviously but I, I don't think that any Millwall fan can complain about the result they can maybe complain about the way their, their team set up, set up and certain individual performances but but I don't think there's much for the fans to get antagonised about towards Fulham fans there was a few tweets going around which you always see you know about clappers and, and but there was no clappers last night so it's, it's a, it's a 
moot point. Where have the clappers gone? Well, I think we're just saving we're saving the planet, really. Thank I very much. Yeah. I'm very I'm very happy that that is the case. And um, well, I saw this. Sorry, I saw this at Huddersfield. They're actually giving out clappers to those who wanted it. And I've been banging that drum for for years, saying that that should be the way we should go. We should just hand out clappers to the, to those who want it. Well, to kids. Yeah, exactly. If it's a, if it's a six, put it in the family section of the, of the stadium. Yeah, I've I've been with my. Um, little nephew and he he loved the clapper because he was eight and it, it was great because it kind of entertained him during the lull of the game and he meant he could really get involved with some of the chanting and the clapping but I don't feel like I need a clapper no. and it gets it really annoys me I just don't think the sound of the stadium is as good so I'm actually kind of glad to see the back yeah. of them anyway we've massively digressed um, we'll take a short break afterwards we're going to discuss Rui Font and look ahead to Saturday's game against Nottingham Forest Fulhamish has teamed up once again with Beer 52 to offer you guys a free crate of craft beer just go to beer52.com forward slash Fulham and all you need to do is pay the postage and packaging which is five ninety five, and you get a free crate of eight delicious craft beers from all around the world there's no minimum commitment you can just buy the free case try the beers and see what you think and if it's not for you you can pause or cancel anytime so go to beer52.com forward slash fulham and claim your free case today hello and welcome back to the fulhamish podcast sammy james in the east putney tavern with jack kelly good afternoon and dara curran Disappointed, um, you haven't fit the stereotype and got yourself uh, a Guinness for, for the record. No, I haven't drank too much Guinness since I moved over to London. Is that like a, a protest thing? You, you you refuse to drink any Guinness that, that isn't Irish? No, I've just gotten into other beers. To be oh, honest, fair enough. So, you're diversifying your options. Yeah. I, I do like broadening that a my lot. horizons. Um, last night, um, weird time to confirm the move, but I guess they had to. Uh, was confirmed that Rui Font has gone back to Braga uh, on a on a permanent deal. Um, he spent two years at Fulham. It's not been a successful two years by any stretch of the imagination. He was on loan at Lille for a time last season as well. I I, I just think it's a, a real disappointment, to be honest. I think that game against Ipswich away, he scored that lovely goal. He played absolutely brilliantly. And we all thought that we had a gem on our hands. And it's just not turned out that way. I don't think his style of play suits the championship. The real, you know, dogged kind of physical side of things and yes he's a tall striker who could hold up the ball but if you compare him to the likes of Mitrovic who just loves to get involved loves to get you know just loves to wind up players as well get his foot on the ball and, and chest it down to, to other players it's just not Rui Font's style and I think a much slower paced league like Liga uh, does suit him and obviously going back um, to Portugal where he was loved um by Braga it makes perfect sense although we have lost out in quite a lot of money there might be a sell on fee we don't really know the ins and outs but three goals in in, in a real you know, poor two year spell he didn't really contribute so much uh, he was on the pitch at Wembley when we when we got promoted and you know it was nice to have him he, he got a couple of big Portuguese fans I know Ashley's a big fan of, of Rui Font so it kind of ruined his night if you want to pardon the pun <laughs> but um Look, Rui Font, we wish, we wish him the best, I guess, from, from Fulham. Well, that's the weird thing. I think some of my favourite Rui Font memories, apart from Ipswich away, are Rui off the pitch yeah. or Rui coming on as a sub and, and celebrating like mad even when it wasn't his goal or, or his assist. I, I still can't quite get put my finger on why it didn't work. He felt like he had the technical ability. 
you looked at some his goal scoring at Braga, and he, he could tell that he could definitely finish a chance. It just, as you say, it could have been the league. I think we maybe thought that he would step up and do a job for us in the Premier League, where actually his technical ability might come into his own, but never really got a chance under the various managers that we had. And Dara, what did you make of um, Braga's? announcement video it was done in the style of friends it was yeah, it's a it little was, bit bizarre it, it was very strange uh, him sitting on a couch to and then looking at a montage of his goals over the years again for Braga um, the lyrics to the song were quite good hasn't been your day your week your month or even your year well <laughs> that's certainly true for Rui I, I think I echo your thoughts though he's, it has been a bit of a disappointment because of the money that we spent on him and obviously yeah. now he's gone on a free but I think he'd struggle to get into that side with the three up front and then Bobby Reid and Kamara and whoever else that, that's going to come in. Well, you'd, you'd argue he's maybe seventh choice? Definitely sixth. Well then, the pegging order. So, I mean, they're just the chances of him even getting on the pitch are, are, are slim. So, yeah, definitely Rish uh, really well. He seemed like uh, a great guy. He was a, one of our Portugueses. And uh, we definitely hope that uh, he does well at Braga and, and, and finds a way back to goal-scoring form. I saw some discussion on Twitter with people saying that he's the worst ever signing that, that Fulham well, The worst made. thing to happen to Fulham since uh, Queen's Park Fulham, which was bizarre. Yeah, Fulham Park Rangers. I Fulham just, Park Rangers. I just... I wouldn't go that far. No, and, and actually, I think there have been plenty more disastrous signings I would count a couple of last season signings as, as more disastrous than Rui Fonds yes it was a waste of money but we got promoted despite spending that money I would argue that John Mikel Seri last year was a more disastrous signing for yeah. Fulham and I just think that that notion is, is absolutely ridiculous um, let's come on to Nottingham Forest they travel down to the cottage on Saturday uh, two games in London in the space of three days for Forest. They grabbed uh, a late goal uh, last night at Charlton through through Albert Adoma, who was a player that I actually thought Fulham would always end up um, going for Albert Adoma. I do like him as a player. A reasonable start to the season for Forest. They find themselves in mid-table, and I, and I think it's going to be a real test, a much tougher test than we saw on Wednesday from Millwall. Yeah, these are... Forest have lost their first game to West Brom and since then they've been unbeaten um, which is okay it's, it's, they had a very very good performance against Birmingham at the weekend where they arguably could have scored five or six uh, and they've got two players in Grablin and Doma who both played in that playoff final against us so they'll know all about Fulham uh, and they've got the likes of Joe Lolly and they've got the, that new manager that's come in um, who looks promising they've got a very 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 um, inflated squad they've got more players than I can even count um, and it's just a, all about trying to find that, 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 that their uh, strongest eleven. Uh, I think Forest could be a team that could be you know pushing at the playoffs. And uh, yeah, there will be a sterner test than what we had had last night. Graben, of course, loves to grab goals in this league. Um, he, he's done it for years. He got a very good, very scrappy goal against Leeds United to get them a, a kind of undeserved point. So yeah, Forest will be a tough test. Michael Dawson, obviously, you know, a legend at the back, or you know, a veteran at the back. Um, for Forest, it, it, we could run them ragged going forward, but but you got to be careful of the likes of Graben and Adoma. Yeah, especially I watched um, quite a lot of that um, game um, against West Brom on the on the opening day yeah. of the season, and actually I thought they were really unlucky in that match, and they played very very well. They got undone by a, a cross that yeah. ended up being a shot, and there was another keeper mistake that that let them down. And and but other than that, I thought they they were really really impressive in that match. Didn't really deserve to be 
on the losing side. Forest, for me, have been a side that for several years seem to be on the cusp of something great. They've had a lot of investment, but haven't just quite found that winning formula in order to, to make it even into the top six, let alone the top two. They can't keep patient with a manager. They've got, they had uh, Martin O'Neill last season, Warburton before that. They had, sorry, Karanka, then Warburton before that. Uh, and um, that, that's kind of, you, can, you need a consistent manager to get yourself promoted. You look at Leeds who, of course, they wanted to stick with Bielsa and Bielsa stuck with them. And, and that's a huge factor towards them probably going up this season. Forrest have just never really had, you know, a solid base of a team that's that's going to challenge yeah. for promotion and that, that's been the, the Achilles heel and I think maybe this season they could go for it but I just think I just think they, they might be a couple, a couple of places um, off the playoffs I think they'll finish in like 8th or ninth place but, but like I said they'll give us a stern test I think um, Dara would you stick with another unchanged starting 11 on Saturday would you make uh, any changes if you were Scott Parker in the dressing room oh, I'd stick with the Willing Formula we've got the cup the following week midweek so that'll give a chance for some of the guys on the fringes to come in and show what they're capable of yeah fair enough and, and Jack would you stay stay unchanged well I probably would stay unchanged just you know because it's it's going so well but I would like to see Harrison restart yeah uh, but I think that might just come against Saints in the cup same with Bobby Reed as well can Harrison Reed play against Saints oh in the cup I'm not sure I don't think he can. Well, maybe he should play on Saturday then. That's the thing. I, I would quite like to see what Harrison Reed can do in mm. the middle in, in replacement of Steffi Johansson, who actually I think has been uh, very, good. very good for the last couple of games. There's no real need to drop him. So therefore, probably actually wiser judgment would say um, to stick with an unchanged lineup. I guess just as a fan, you're kind of dying to, to see more glimpses of the new players. And at the moment, we're only catching... Um, little snapshots here or there of both the reeds. Um, Harry Art has kind of come in and done and a. Josh Onamara as well, you haven't seen him yet. Yeah, uh, he got his first goal. Scored in the under 23s. Yeah. Under 23s. I mean, the. <laughs> The camera yeah. angle yeah, of the of the goal great, yeah. um, that he scored against West Brom. I mean, it was as if the cameraman didn't anticipate that the free kick might go <laughs> in the net or at least towards the net. It kind of caught him by surprise. Um, but it, from, all, from as as much as I could tell, it looked like a, a decent little free kick. Might have taken a nick on the way, but good to see Josh Onama um, getting on the score sheet. Well, um, predictions for the game, Jack. You know what? I'm going to go for a very similar game to the last time we played Forest at home where they gave us some stern tests. They hit the post a couple of times and we ended up winning the game 2-0. So I'm going to go to 2-0 Fulham. And Dara, uh, predictions for the game? I'd like to think that we could keep a clean sheet, but I think that might cause us trouble. I think our attack will be too good for them. Um, so I'll go 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. Well, I'm going to go... I'm confident. Again, I think we will concede. I think we might go behind uh, in this game, but I just think our attack seems to be on such points at the moment. So I'm going to go either with a 2-1 or a 3-1. Can't I'll go 3-1. Stop sitting on the fence, Sammy. Right. Final thing that we need to do on today's podcast is name the episode. Now, I was looking through the three-word reviews earlier, and the person who I'm going to let name the podcast has kind of bended the rules to to do this three-word review but it's so good that i think i'm going to give it to him anyway so rob parrot who went super cavi goes ballistic Millwall are atrocious (laughs) yes in order to make that work he put 
get in <laughs> at the end of his three word review so that it fitted three words I won't put the get in but we will go for the podcast title today of Super Cabby Goes Ballistic Mill Will Are Atrocious because it's it's a wonderful effort Rob so yeah, uh, thank you very much for your three word reviews today uh, and thank you very much to my guest Jack Kelly thank, thank you, you very, very much. much and Dara Curran thank you very much thank you uh, Fulhamish will return on Monday we hope to get an episode out even though it is bank holiday Monday should be me hosting it uh, details TBC uh, but enjoy Forest on Saturday and we'll see you on the next podcast take care bye bye